Hey, welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. I've got two very special guests with me today. Um, number one is Garrett Ward. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for having me, Garrett. Yeah, so yeah, we've Garrett, got the uh, the applause there for Garrett Ward. Um, I wish I had I'm a scared of what you have for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't have I don't have the the booing. Sorry, but Man. Mike Baker is here with me today as well. Um, so I had given a little bit of an update last week. I did, guys. I did my first solo pod last week. I don't know if you knew that. Whoa! Just me by myself nice. talking for 24 minutes, which was fine. Easy for um, you. A lot of it was <laughs> thanks, Garrett. A lot of it was just giving the update on things that happened this summer at the church because we haven't really been doing the podcast except for. Um, like I interviewed you when you were speaking here. So I did a couple right. of those, but I hadn't really been done many co- podcasts this summer. So a lot of it was just the updates on uh, what we're going to be doing uh, coming up, what's going on at the church, and then also with the podcast that we are now back to just audio while we wait for our uh, our soundstage approval to get done so we can have, and that's not just for the podcast, that would be for, um, I think, for all kinds of different videos and stuff like that where we would end up doing the podcast. But so we're I back wish you to, told me because I dressed in this suit and yeah. now it's just audio only. Right, so. yeah. I'm sorry about that. I told Mike <laughs> because I didn't want you to dress like you normally dress. Dress up. Um, no, so we are back in the green room. If you're looking for this on YouTube, it's just going to, it'll be there still, but it'll just be the audio. So um, this is, you know, Spotify, Apple podcast, that kind of stuff is the easiest way to uh, to listen to this stuff. You know, when you're driving, whatever you're doing. Most people that are listening to it, they're driving or you know, doing stuff around the house, that kind of thing. So, all right. Well, today we are going to be talking about creation. And the reason I wanted to do this, I was inspired because uh, I recently watched the the movie uh, Expelled. Um, I think it's called Expelled, No Intelligence Allowed. Mm-hmm. It's a documentary made back in, I think, 2006, seven, some sometime around there. But it was really uh, an interesting documentary because it's Ben Stein. If you don't know who Ben Stein is, you you know who Ben Stein is. Bueller. He's from, uh, he's the teacher, right? Or the principal. What is he in Bueller? Do you know? Mm-hmm. I know when Ben Stein's money. That's what I know him from. When Ben Stein's money and then clear eyes, that guy. Yeah. So that's Ben Stein. For dry red eyes. Yes. There you go. So Ben Stein uh, went around the country talking to different professors from universities that were not even necessarily um, teaching creation, but saying that it could be a possibility, that it was a, a possible theory. And these professors were getting fired and let go from these universities. So he was interviewing both people uh, that believe in creationism and people that don't. And so it was very interesting. So I want to recommend that off the top because it's a really interesting documentary. Very well done, too. Um, and uh, it's 15 years old, and I think it just was a good start for where I think we, we've seen education, public mm-hmm. education especially, go mm-hmm. with just christian worldview and things like that that are getting pushed further and further out of education so um but that was something i watched i don't know a couple months ago again and uh so i wanted to talk about creation so i asked mike and garrett to come in now before we even got to the point of uh of or before we get to the point of me asking these questions i talked to mike today we were talking a few minutes ago neither of us mike and I, and then uh, it sounds like Garrett, you're on the same page as well. We're not going to argue too much, debate too much about the uh, the things within creation. We do very much believe that God created mm-hmm. and or is the creator and is the intelligent designer of this world, this universe, yep. right? But there's all the different debates within creationism, young earth, older, things like that, that we don't get too passionate over because we don't see that as a salvation issue, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit about creation. 
um, and why that's important to our Christian faith. And then we're going to just all, I got some fun questions in here too, that I added that you guys don't know about, um, that maybe we'll get to, right. um, but we're going to start with this. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's how the Bible starts out. Yeah. Mm. We believe that the Bible is true. We believe that it's without error. And so from the get go in the Bible, we see that God created the heavens and the earth. Now, when we're talking about creation today, there's been an ongoing debate for years between the ideas of creation and evolution. So for Christians, it's important for us to be able to defend our faith and uh, and defend our belief that the Bible is true, uh, is the word of God, and is without error. So let's start with this. How does belief about creation impact the rest of our faith, rest of theology? Why is it important for us mm-hmm. as Christians to believe that God created the heavens and the earth? Mm. Well, yeah, it's very foundational, uh, like you said, uh, the first verse of Scripture of God's revealed word to us says that God, in the beginning God created, and so um, we have that as, as, our, as a, the foundation, and it's, it really impacts the rest of our life because if there is a God and uh, if he is knowable and if he uh, wants us to know him, and if there's a, a standard to live by and uh, consequences in this life that we need to, to know about, that's uh, what, what we need to know. That's the importance of, you know, why we are here. Uh, the big question that, that comes up, you know, how did we got here? Uh, how did we get here? You know, what are we doing here? Where are we going? It, you know, it answers those big questions, the, the foundational questions that every worldview asks, every person is seeking these uh, answers to these questions of uh, purpose in life, uh, how do we live, uh, what's after this life. And so if we, um, and if we don't have God in any of those uh, starting places or, or answering those questions, it can, you can have very different outcomes in how you live your life, how you view this life, and, uh, you know, the application of what your life looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think so much of it has to do with, um, how we approach the world around us. What do we understand about the world around us? If we, if we come into it understanding, well, this is what God's revealed. This is what God said about the world. N- nothing is by chance here. Nothing is, is accidental here. You aren't accidental. The world is an accidental. God designed this intentionally, well, then, uh, then that changes everything that we see around us. Um, but if we start with the standpoint of, well, but society tells us that it couldn't have been the way the Bible describes. Society tells us that that's unintelligent. And so here we're more, we're more uh, enlightened now and we understand that it's this or that. And then we come in and read the Bible trying to find uh, something that that uh, upholds what society is saying, then we're starting from the wrong foundation, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think the fact that scripture starts with this and, and it isn't argued for, it's just stated mm-hmm. as fact. God created everything that we see around us, God created. And we live in a world that says that's foolish. Mm-hmm. It could have happened by chance. It could have just happened in this way. We have to understand as Christians no, God has has chosen to show us this is how everything came to be, and so that's our starting point. So, you know, we you can get into a lot of of debates of creationism and evolutionism and and all of that, and 
And like you said, I, I'm not passionate about the minutia there, but I am passionate about the big picture. And the big picture is, no, this didn't happen by chance. Right. No, this wasn't just the byproduct of a bunch of, of random happenings and, and electric firings across different things. No, this was all intended just as God um, uh, wanted it to be created. And that's why we see the, this amazing uh, amount of design in something that couldn't have been random. You know, there's, there's all of those great analogies of uh, the one I like is, you know, walking through the woods. I love to go hiking, walking through the forest and you see a cabin there in the forest. And, and uh, would you look at that cabin and say, oh, look, these trees must have all fallen and gotten their bark stripped off and, and they got notched out and fell in such a way that they all stacked up to form four walls. And then, and then rocks must have gotten swept down the river and then stacked up to be this perfect chimney and with silt in between us that no, you would look at it and you say, somebody was here and built something. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of common sense in the world around us that we look at, you know, all these things, the human eye, that all of these things. And you say, no, this couldn't have happened by random chance. Right. Yeah, the human right. eye is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. So when you when you there, I mean, there's a there's countless like YouTube videos and stuff now of people talking about like how the, how complex the human eye is. I mean, how complex the human body is. I mean, yeah. all three of us we we're we're dads. Just the the fact that our children were born. Yep. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. we were too, but we're just like when you when you hold your child in your arms for the first time, you're just like, how is this possible that this, this child was growing in a womb and then like l living off of the nutrition from an umbilical cord. And then mm -hmm. just now, like the way they were, I don't know all this, you know, explaining it, but the way that it goes when it, it the baby comes through the birth canal and it goes from uh, taking its first breath, at, taking its first breath of air. And it's just like, it knows your body knows to make this transition. Mm hmm into this world and breathe air. And it's just kind of like, how, how is that by chance? Yep. My, my dad used to use this one. Now my dad's a youth pastor and he uses all these, you know, when you're a youth pastor, you use a lot of fun analogies and stuff. He used to talk about a Coke can and he'd be like, you notice how a Coke can, it fits perfectly in your hand and the way, you know, it opens up it perfectly, you drink it and it's so perfectly designed for you to drink this can of Coke. And then you talk about, would this just randomly no it was, it was specifically designed to fit mm -hmm. in your hand to fit in your cup holder to fit you know all this mm -hmm. stuff and he talks about a banana and how a banana is specifically designed to be able i mean to to be able to tell you by the color of its peel if it's ready to be eaten and then you peel off the peel and then you can eat the banana and it fits perfectly in your hand and he uses all these analogies of like different things like that yeah. like things that were obviously designed for a human to be using versus something that is obviously designed for human to be using that people are saying just happened, just mm -hmm. kind of like you're talking about a cabin, right? Right. Well, and, and, um, when you think about the level of design that we're talking about, you know, we live in this technology boom where it's incredible. The, the machines that we can create now. And, uh, I was just saying, I, uh, I did a little accidental, um, swimming with my phone, uh, in the ocean this last weekend. So my phone is no more. And, um, uh, you know, the technology that you hold in your hand is incredible. And yet it's also really susceptible to basic things right. like water, water or lack of electricity. And yet here we are bodies, machines that are able to go around, create our own energy from 
ingesting all sorts of different things that we find around us. When we're injured, we can heal ourselves. You know, our, our body is created this way. So we Your look phone at, is not going to heal itself. <laughs> it is definitely not. In fact, part of why water got in is because it had gotten cracked at some point. And so it, did it was not heal itself, and right. that crack never healed itself. Yeah. So, I mean, even, even when we look at how amazing our technology is today, we can't create anything close to the human body right. that God mm -hmm. designed. Yeah. So yeah, the, the design that we see, I mean, that's just one small part of everything that we're talking about, but the design that we see points to, wow, there must've been an incredible designer far beyond anything that we're capable. And of. now we're right. even talking, we go even further than like the human body and like even earth. And you look at the galaxies yeah. and go far beyond the size of what we are. And there's all the, the really cool things about how big the biggest stars that are in the universe are. And they're, I forget the exact numbers, but it's like 7.2 quadrillion times the size of earth or right, something like that, right. which is just unfathomable Crazy. when you actually mm -hmm. put it. Yeah. Cause even if I think it's like 7.2 quadrillion seconds ago would be like something like 120 million years ago. And you're just like, that's a gigantic number. Mm, and right. you're talking about a star that's that much bigger than the earth and the earth is huge to us, you know? So it's mm -hmm. just like, now we're not talking about a mm -hmm. small God by any means that's creating yeah. earth and that's big. No, that's, it's tiny. It's yeah. tiny compared to the things he's And even created. seeing all of the, the science and the evidence, it, it really actually, when you're taking an honest look at it, it does point back to a creator because science has proven, it's shown that the universe did have a beginning. It's not eternal for, you know, for a period of time. People thought that, you know, maybe the universe was eternal and that theory was out there. But no, they, they, they know, in fact, that, you know, the universe had a beginning. And we know everything that has a, a beginning or uh, has a cause has something behind that uh, trying to or uh, causing, causing that to happen. And so, you know, God being the great cause the the creator of the universe putting it all into uh to motion um and there is so much science and even the first uh sentence of the bible like we were saying in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth you have uh, the three it's called the trinities of nature you have uh time in the beginning god in the beginning uh, created the heavens the space and he created the earth material things and so you can't have time without uh, space or material. You can't have, uh, you know, material without space or time. So you need all of these three things coming to the in existence at one time. And this thing that causes that to happen has to be outside of time, space, and matter. And that's the description of uh, the God that we worship, the God that created us. He is uh, eternal. He's immaterial. He's not bound by time. He's limitless. Uh, limitless. Um, and so, yeah, the, the Bible gets, gets a great description of, of who God is and who he can be outside of our physical universe. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember that there's major limitations on what science, science can and can't tell us. Right, right. You know, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of portrayals of Christians as though, well, Christians are just anti-science or they're science deniers yeah. or anything like that. And, and that isn't the case. I mean— Science was uh, a pursuit that developed for the purpose of understanding better the creation of God so that we mm -hmm. could understand God better through the creator, through looking at the creation. Um, but there are, are severe limitations to science. Science can't speak definitively about the, the distant past. Yeah. A lot of assumptions. Right. Mm -hmm. Science yeah. is built to be able to explain 
what you currently see. Mm-hmm. But it, the best it can do about the past is to theorize mm-hmm. based off the present. And, uh, and certain theories fit what we currently see better than others, right? And so, so any explanation of the past, whether it's evolution or whether it's something else that tries to explain what happened in the past um, without God um, is just trying to look at what we see present day and come up with an explanation of how it could have come to be. Mm-hmm. But it's all just theory because it can't be uh, actually observed and experimented on and, and all of that. And, and so you wind up with different competing theories that have to take certain leaps. So for instance, science has disproven the idea of spontaneous generation, right? Louis Pasteur and no, life doesn't come from non-life. And yet in the theory of the past of evolution, well, we hit the point where life had to have come from non-life. So we'll just say it happened once. It actually goes anti-science to say that this happened, but we'll say it happened once because we have to say it happened to make our theory work, right? right? So, so there's severe limitations in what science can actually say about the past because it's not built to be able to speak about the past. And when it tries to speak definitively about it, it winds up getting pretty tangled on itself. Yeah, its own arguments fall all over right. itself. There's a, it, there, go ahead, Gary. And again, there, there, a lot of people are coming from the assumption that there is no God, so they're interpreting the data and they're not even giving credence to a theory of intelligence design, like you were kind of talking about those professors who were expelled you know, they're not even giving the the ability for to people to have these conversations of, of how, what does it look like if there was a creator or a designer. Mm. Um, and so they're already starting with the like the just the naturalist, you know, no God, and and that's how they have to try to interpret the yeah. data. We all have the same data, we all have the same scientific evidence, but it's you know how you interpret that data, you know, within your lens and your worldview. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was telling. Uh, this is going back to that that same documentary. Um, so Richard Dawkins, this whole documentary kind of leads up to this conversation that Ben Stein has with, um, with Richard Dawkins. And I Mm -hmm. think he's, uh, um, like an evolutionary biologist, I think is what he's called. Um, so he's an author and stuff and there's the part of the conversation that he has. And it is really cool that he even sat down to talk to Ben Stein because a lot Mm -hmm. of them will just avoid these conversations at at all with these guys. Right. So, um, but part of the conversation, he actually, Ben Stein asks the the right questions and Dawkins ends up saying that they're actually, well, sure, there, there could be a possibility of an intelligent designer, but it's not the God of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And he, it's like, okay, so you're just, it's not even that you're anti the, the idea that intelligent design right. is possible. You just don't want it to be God mm-hmm. because the, you, the Bible, you, yeah. Or you're an atheist and you don't want to admit that God exists, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and the other one I wanted to point out in that, that movie also was there's another professor he's talking to, and uh, he says uh, basically why why do you not believe in create whatever? And he says creation is just boring, <laughs> and like that's wow. his whole reason. And Ben Stein's just like, what? That's your because it's boring. And mm-hmm. then I'm just baffled that somebody would say that that's boring. Like mm. that, how is that boring? That's just, that doesn't compute to me at all to, to say that God creating everything is boring. Now, um, let's, let's take a few minutes and let's talk about 
um, what proof there is of creation. Now we're talking about science and how science ultimately the, the case for evolution will kind of fall on itself based mm-hmm. on even science. And they have to avoid science to even come up with the reason that it could have started. Right. Like you were saying, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about some of the, some of the proof of creation. What does the Bible say about creation? What's the, the case for creation? Mm-hmm. Another good book, by the way, C- case for a creator. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I think of uh, all sorts of scientific things that we've been able to observe here recently in the last 50 years since observation's been really good in these areas. Um, Mount St. Helens is a great example of what it looks like for lots of strata of rock to all be formed in the matter of days where then they would walk in and look at it and say, if we didn't know we would have said this took millions of years to have happened naturally over time. And yet here, because of natural disaster, it happened so quickly. Or, um, I mean, I think another great example that scripture is true is, uh, is the fact that everywhere on earth uh, was underwater at some point. Everywhere. And yeah. when you go and talk with, with people in those areas, they'll tell you, well, we believe there was a large localized flood here. Everywhere. Um, I, I did a bunch of research when I was in college into, uh, flood narratives in different cultures. And it's fascinating. Basically every culture has a flood narrative that they believe that there was a flood in their area and that somebody rescued animals by taking them into some sort of a structure. And it, it, the Greeks differ from the, the Polyponesians who differ from, you know, but everybody, uh, has these ancient um, narratives that are passed down that sound a whole lot like what actually happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so yeah, as, as you go around and you look at the evidence, if you're, if you're going in to try to say, well, God couldn't have existed. Uh, God didn't create. Therefore, I'm going to look at this through this lens. Then you're going to see what you want to see. If you go in with a little bit more of an open mind, mm-hmm. what you wind up starting to see is, wow, these things that, are described in scripture aren't as crazy as maybe we were told that they were. They could really have happened right. the way God says that they did. Yeah. yeah, and I think where the debate happens, it's not not so much, you know, within Christianity, did God create? But, you know, the question is, you know, how did he do it? And so there's there's debate on how God created uh, the world, you know, in six literal days or, you know, over millions of uh, years and ages uh, over these uh, seven days. And so, um, I mean, I think that's a, that's a healthy debate to have, to look into the evidence and, and say, okay, so what do we see? Uh, like uh, Mike was saying from the, the fossil records, from the layers, from, uh, the scientific data that we can, we can have, and then try to, uh, piece it together. Um, in, in my research, there's just a lot of, uh, evidence that really dis proves evolution or do there's just not enough to add up to where this would actually happen. I mean, of course, if guide what, if God was guiding the process, you know, supernaturally, of course, yeah, sure. I mean, he could, he could use that process, but is that what we actually observe in, you know, in the evidence, you know, there's no, you know, transitional forms, there should be uh, millions of transitional forms, uh, the, the Cambrian explosion where, this all of a sudden the the fossils start showing up and there's nothing underneath. Um, so these things just just don't add up, you know, scientifically t- to 
uh, support uh, the the theory of evolution. And so I think I think that's a, a healthy debate to to have amongst Christians, but not you know be like we said die on a hill necessarily for your view over um, the other view. Uh, I I think definitely the uh, young Earth kind of uh, the literal six day creationist is at a disadvantage because you know the secular world does endorse millions and billions of years old and and so um as as a christian coming believing that view you know they have a little bit more i guess expert support that's backing their view from the the secular world view but doesn't make it right but i'm I'm just saying there's um there's that debate right let's uh let's talk about that real quick because we've mentioned now a couple times young earth and old earth so if anybody's wondering what what are we talking about young earth old earth never even heard of this Basically, there's some theories that would say that, you know, we read, we read in Genesis that God created the heavens and the earth, and we go, day one is this, day two is this, day three is this, and, and then on the seventh day, he rested. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about six days of creation, right? And the theory would be that those are not six literal 24-hour days, um, the way that we would see them now. And it could be millions and millions of years um, and not mean, and, and I think Mike, you were saying earlier that there's, there's people that will go to other scriptures and see like, see this at this, uh, the way that they, they describe time here could mean mm-hmm. that the day of creation would have been this long and whatever. Right. Yep. And it's, yep. it, it, there's, there's arguments to be made over that. And that's what we're talking about when we say young earth versus old earth. Um, I think each one of us would, would hold to a young earth, um, belief. Um, I'm, I honestly, if you sat down and talked with me, I don't know that I could convince you of that. I'm not super, right. you know, well read up on that. Idea, yeah, I would but, say the same thing. I, I hold that with an open hand. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't want to limit the creator right. and how yeah, yeah, he yeah. could have created. Um, but I'm also not going to add to it and say, oh, well now for the last hundred years, out of the thousands and thousands of years of, of uh, intelligent thought on the earth, um, in the last hundred years, there's been this new theory called evolution. Well, now I'm going to reinterpret all of Scripture to say that's how God created. No, I'm I'm not going to go down sure, that road. Right. Um, I, I think Scripture is pretty clear that death entered the the picture through sin in the garden. So if you're if you're requiring there to be a whole lot of death before you even get to humans and and get mm-hmm. to everything. Well, then you have a, a biblical problem, right? But but if you wanted to, if if I die and I go to heaven and and I find out uh, God says, you know what, day two of creation that took this long, it was eight million years, yeah, according uh, to your time or what Earth that time. Is, yeah, I mean, what even is? Time? I'd be like, there's no sun or really? moon until day four, right? <laughs> yeah. So so what is time during those days of creation? Um, if you pin me down, I'll say it was six literal twenty four hour days because. Uh, that's what the Bible says, and I don't see any reason not to believe that. But I also, I don't think it matters that much. What matters is that God is the one who is the agent of creation, right. orchestrating all of, of creation to his will right. within this structure that was presented more than the the actual number of minutes right. involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the big thing that, like, for me is just kind of like, as long as what you're, because, okay, so we, Elisa Childers was here last last week, two weeks ago. And she, uh, she talked a lot about progressive Christianity. And then today, well, after I talked to Mike this morning, um, I was looking up on progressive creationism, which I had not heard of before today, but it's basically the idea that, well, the, the, the authors of the Bible didn't know what we know now. 
And I'm like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't compute to me because we believe that the Bible is without error. And, so you're telling me and the that the big A author of the Bible is God. Right. And so like, so, so yes, is, he, he knew more than we know now, which is right. so annoying to me. So when we're talking about progressive Christianity, progressive creationism and looking up progressive creationism, and it's talking about, um, I think you just mentioned it too, the death before even Adam and Eve. So mm-hmm. death wasn't the cause of Adam and Eve's sin. It was, it existed long before. That's where to me, it's just like, that doesn't, you're, you're, you're pulling it threads here that mm-hmm. don't that don't make sense when it comes to the biblical truth, you know? Yeah. And I've, I've mentioned my background before I, I, uh, have my undergrad degree in philosophy at Sonoma state. And I'll tell you from a philosophy standpoint, um, philosophy has already moved on from evolution. Mm-hmm. Philosophy sees way too many holes and issues with evolution as a theory. So the hard sciences will hold to evolution because they don't have another explanation ready yet, but they're trying to work on it. Um, the philosophy side has seen the problem. And um, if you pin philosophers down on where life on earth came from, more of them will tell you that aliens planted life on earth than anything else. Seriously, legitimately, oh, that, yeah. that is their theory. So, so when we come in to interpret the Bible, we can't bring in the, the modern day theory and thought because it's going to constantly change Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. what it was 50 years ago what it was 20 years ago you can't use your same science textbook from 10 years ago because everything's changed the times have changed the what we quote unquote know has totally changed so we need to approach the bible with understanding this is god's word first and foundationally and and our understanding of the world around us comes from that not well the world has told me all these things are important. And so I'm going to believe those things. And I'm going to try to line up my reading of the Bible to line up with society because mm-hmm. that's constantly changing. We don't know right. nearly as much as we think. Right. We know. And on the flip side too, when we, you know, take Genesis and try to understand what's going on, um, it's, it's exciting to see that, that we can use some of the, the, the science and the physical evidence to, explain, uh, you know, what happened and, and we can observe, uh, like Mike was saying, you know, there's, there's these layers of, uh, of dead man, uh, dead, <laughs> dead uh, bones of animals laid down by water all over the earth. And mm-hmm. so, you know, how do, how do you ex- explain that? Um, and then in the Bible we see, oh, look, there's a, there's a global flood that could have caused this, you know, scientists are always looking for a natural cause, you know, a comet that hits the earth or, or some mm-hmm. sort of yeah, yeah. crazy event that can cause extinction to the dinosaurs or, or some, something like that. But we can look into the Bible and say there's this uh, cosmolithic or what's the word? Catam- <laughs> Sorry. Cataclysmic? Cataclysmic event. You're welcome. That, wow. um, You're good at interpreting tongues. <laughs> I had no you. idea where he was going. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it's right there. And then, and then we see that the evidence yeah. that, that we can interpret that, that, uh, that uh, we can explain that, that event. So, um, I just encourage you to, to look at some of those uh, resources. Answers in Genesis is a kind of a young earth uh, side of things. Uh, Creation Institute, uh, Research Institute, mm-hmm. um, and 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 many others. But of course, you know, look at look at both sides of, of what what people are saying and come to terms and understanding uh, through, of course, first and foremost through the Scripture. Right. Yeah. Um, as you were saying that, I was thinking of Second Peter three. Um, 
this is Peter writing to the church 2,000 years ago, but he says, Know this, first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts, and saying, where's the promise of his coming? Where Jesus was supposed to come back. Mm-hmm. Where is he, right? Forever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. This is, this is the foundation of evolution here, which is uniformitarianism. Everything is continued along just like it always has. Um, that's why if a glacier moves, uh, you know, three inches a year, that's the same speed it's always moved. So it would have taken 20 million years to carve this valley. When in reality, we see glaciers move way faster than that. I was shocked when we were up in, in uh, uh, Glacier Bay on a, on a cruise up there. And they started talking about how quickly Gr- Glacier Bay was carved out. Mm. It was carved out really fast. Um, because they have a they have a record of it because they were watching it happen. Yeah. Um, so so anyway, back to Second Peter three. Um, Ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Don't let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like one day. The Lord isn't slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So, yeah, in the, in the end days, people who don't believe in God, they're going to say, you don't have to worry about Jesus coming back. Live your life now. This is all there is. This is all there's ever been. It's been going on like this for millions of years. And what they're ignoring is the truth that God created this world. God is sustaining this world. And ultimately, God is going to redeem this world. And we're in the middle of a narrative controlled by God, mm-hmm. not controlled by random chance. Right. Yeah. And that's what the picture of, of the global global uh, flood gives us too is is the picture of God's judgment and people don't don't like that they don't want to be again accountable to a creator and uh, like you said you know nothing's you know going to happen you know uh, God doesn't exist or whatever live your life but uh, in fact you know the Bible records clearly that God is serious about sin and uh mm-hmm. you know going against him rejecting him and uh he deals with it um, mm-hmm. so. yeah well, i think it's a good way to end this today um unfortunately we're not going to get to the dinosaur chat but um oh come on they call yeah. me mr dino and let's he, go do you have <laughs> <laughs> i was like wait what no, i'm just kidding <laughs> have you not heard his nickname? Uh, <laughs> no Did but you i not can... read his book that uh, written by mr <laughs> dino that could be kept for um, another podcast we could do uh the bible and dinosaurs yeah i think that i yeah i, think I would, love to, would love to do that <laughs> the, it's a fascinating i mean i've read i've read up a little bit about stuff and i honestly i don't have a whole lot of I w- when I was in high school or I mean college I needed to fill a requirement for a science class and there was a class literally just called dinosaurs <laughs> and so I took that class obviously knowing like, it, w- yes. it was at a state school and the funniest thing was like the reasons why people were taking the class and because of my age you would guess that a lot of people were just taking the class because of Jurassic Park well that and it was either Jurassic Park or Ross from friends oh. being a paleontologist <laughs> That was the two things that was like why everybody's saying it. Of course, that annoys the teacher to no end because this is somebody who's 
literally Seriously. studied dinosaurs yeah. and her why entire would, life. Why would Ross be the one you emulate on Friends? But Is, maybe that's another podcast. Dinosaurs. Do too. Dinosaurs. Um, yeah, coming up next week, why would you want to be like Ross from Friends? No. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the good good way to end that there. Uh, there's a lot more here that, I, that we could talk about, and um, I am having uh, Brett on the podcast next week. With uh, Paul Orlinghouse is going to make his uh, his podcast debut as well. Um, Paul spoke here uh, a couple months ago, so you've seen Paul around. But uh, so for today, let's wrap that up there. A uh, lot of other good conversation. Before we go though, do you have any recommends for some reading or some podcasts or anything that would be good to read, listen to about creation? Yeah, um, I mean Garrett Garrett mentioned uh, Institute for Creation Creation Research has some fantastic stuff and. Um, uh, a lot of that's available online. Answers in Genesis uh, available online. There, uh, the the um, Noah's Ark that they've built in in Kentucky, uh, right next to Cincinnati and Ohio. There, right on the. Have border. you been there? I haven't, but I I know several people who have. Have you? No, 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 it's, no. I I want to. It's pretty fantastic. From what I've heard, I was going to say, um, but you haven't been there, so you don't know that. No, I can no, speak I, on secondhand authority. That it it's looks pretty awesome. It looks amazing. Yeah, and there's a lot of explanation there too. You know, the questions of well, how could that many animals have fit, and how could it have worked, and all that stuff. And actually, and is that why we don't have dinosaurs anymore? And actually, it turns out that it could have worked exactly like the Bible said. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yep. Yeah. What about you, Garrett? Anything else? Um. Yeah. No. Those are are my uh, top. Uh, too, as far as the the young Earth side, but I, I again, I definitely encourage you to uh, look at you know the, the there there's a lot of old Earth you know creationists. Uh, William Lane Craig is one. He's more of a philosopher, but there's a lot of uh, apologists who give a defense of Christianity, um, but you know still kind of have the the interpretation of uh, uh, old Earth. So. Yeah. Definitely don't don't shy away from any of those. Uh, but yeah, I read Ca- look I read both. Case for a Creator when I was younger by Lee Strobel. Oh, yeah. um, that was a big one with my youth pastor. He was very um, very big on that one. Um, and then of course, I I really do recommend watching that that documentary as well. It's called Expelled: uh, No Intelligence Allowed. It was made in 2008. Um, so Ben Stein is the the uh, um, the writer and the the host of that documentary. Uh, really interesting. That that really. Uh, shows some cool conversations between him and some professors and evolutionists and creationists both. And it's really a fascinating documentary. So, um, all right, guys. Well, uh, we've got, I think we've got a new, we've got a new series coming up, right? We just finished our Grow in Faith series. Going through Hebrews. And we're going to be going through Hebrews. Uh, what's it called again? Jesus is greater. Is greater. Jesus is greater. So uh, we're going to be starting that new series coming up. Um, and then also, I think we've got Project Serve at the end of the month. September 25th. So sign, sign up, up for that online yes. or they can sign up here at the church as well, right? Yep. Cool. Yep. So, uh, and if you have any questions about that, you can talk to Garrett. He's uh, he's kind of the front man on that. So he can um, he can let you know where to sign up and the kind of things that we're going to be doing. I'm going to try to get a couple of people on to talk about Project Serve pretty soon because um, it's a really impactful ministry that we've been doing. How long have you been doing Project Serve? Do you know? Oh man, we were actually doing it even before I started. So it's been a part of the church for a while goes back billions of years 10 yeah you know, would, what, what's, what's are you a, are you a young, 100 billion years are you a young project server and <laughs> right, old project right. server yeah. depends on how you interpret right days yeah, years so. or days cool well that's coming up <laughs> excited about that all right everybody see you at church this weekend all right